Hello everyone, welcome back to yet another pod, uh, episode of the Forever Forward podcast. And today I have a very special guest with me, Marco, who works with uh, Vinci Constructions, has been there with, there with them for four years and, and works on the what I consider as the as 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 something that's that's happening in the construction space and in the built environment. We'll we'll let Marco talk more about it. But just to uh, bring context on what we are going to be discussing, we're going to discuss building information modeling, digital O&M, and everything that can move the need, needle beyond construction. But before that, a very warm welcome to you, Marco. Um, have been uh, following your posts, your work, which is inspirational, and I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today with me. Thank you, Mesh. Thank you. Good morning, uh, everyone. It's a pleasure for me to be here. Thanks. Wonderful. So just a brief on, on, on Marco. Uh, you know, he's, he's been there with Vinci for four years. Vinci is a very large construction conglomerate, also in facilities management. He's a digital lead. Uh, he's worked extensively in the BIM space and also been an associate lecturer at the London Metropolitan University. Uh, Marco, I mean, I would love for you to give the audience a, a, a background about your work, the early part of your work. And, and everything that has led to do led you to doing what you're doing right now at Vinci. Oh, definitely. Thank you. So uh, I'm Italian, so I studied in Italy and I moved to UK 10 years ago to start my career in construction. And by academia, I'm a structural engineer. So I don't know if now my career went on the right path or went on the wrong path, totally abandoned the structural engineering <laughs> uh, side. But I started as a structural engineering design office in London. Mm-hmm. And I've evolved where I was trying to help the office where I was working and improve their workflow, so improve efficiency, digitalization. Okay. So that's always been a kind of my core part of my life, not just professionally, but also personally. I try to bring uh, digital and tools wherever mm-hmm. I can help mm-hmm. and make my life easier. And I realized that when I was in a small office that the support I was able to provide was very limited Mm-hmm. the small office and the general contractor the client if they were not asking for something more they really didn't care much about the help i could have provided to them so i realized that if i was going to work for general contracting i was able to provide much more support mm-hmm. and provide a broader role and be able to help more a digitalization process makes sense something that i'm really focused on is i know the construction is a very old style industry and as my target i'm trying to improve what we do to just build better faster and Mm. cheaper use technology to improve our current process to bring try to help bring construction in a more uh 22nd 21st century Mm. not just being stuck in the past and how how... my career brought me to general contracting to try to help Mm. the industry and how's it been going so far uh, I believe, well, so started to work for Vinci, as you mentioned, four years ago. Try, mm-hmm. We built a team. We had this strategy in short term, medium and long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, year by year, we try to add, build on, a consider a kind of Lego brick wall. Year by year, we add a small brick on top to be able to build better, to bring uh, everyone with us, because mm-hmm. one of the barrier i believe probably the biggest barrier is the cultural change one of the main comments i normally get is i've done this job for 30 years why do i need to change now why do i need to use a tablet why do i need to use this technology why Mm. a robot can automate something 
and try to convince people that there is nothing scary that we don't try to reduce our workflow, but we try to make it better. Our work better mm. is probably one of the hardest part of the job. And uh, seeing colleagues that are embracing this path, mm. that were initially were very skeptical, is probably one of the biggest success we are having because we are bringing everyone with us to be able to move this journey together. That must be satisfying beyond anything if you see some people change, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so you see your hard work again paying off because what we are trying to do alongside mm. my amazing team, mm. um, all the hard work is basically made by my team. I'm here to try to make sure that my team have the right resources, the right tools to make sure to do our job and to push innovation together and see that us with my team working together can make this difference is probably one of the most satisfying and rewarding uh, part of my work. Awesome. And I can clearly see your whatever change happened from the studies that you did to the work you're doing. It seems that it's working for you because I, I can see the happiness on your face. So we'll get started with the, with, with the questions. And of course, your team. Uh, so nothing to take away. I think it's always uh, these are very daunting tasks. And, and as individuals, we can only go as far as we can. But as a team, obviously, we can we can do cover a fair bit of ground now. Uh, diving into uh, thanks, thanks for the uh, introduction, Marco. Uh, you know, like BIM, the majority of your work is, is in the construction stage, as you mentioned, like bringing in a whole digitization, explaining all the detail that you do in detail. Uh, what's been the driver for your customers? Like, why are they willing to invest in the technology now? How much are they willing to do it? Uh, what have you seen in the most recent past? Being my work based in UK, a big push was in 2016 when the government has mandated the use of the old BS1192, the new ISO 19650. So whoever is mm. not familiar with those, it's the BIM standard to mm. be able to deliver projects following BIM information management standard. In 2016, the UK government mandated for all public jobs. And Vinci has mm. type of work. Uh, the majority of our work is public. So we work with clients where they had been mandated something from the government. They were not even sure what it was. So a good part of our job is working with clients to try to let them know what is required, which are the benefit on going that path. So even mm -hmm. if started everything from the government has mandated the use of that standard, we are working with our clients, showing them mm -hmm. the benefit of mm -hmm. being digitalized, have a better information, Hmm. designing the project with a hand in mind and how they are going to manage it in the next hmm. 20 years and see hmm. how much money they can save, how much energy can be saved, hmm. see if they can be reduced during hmm. construction, during the maintenance of the building. So that initial push that came from the government in 2016 probably just opened a door that was hard to probably to open in the beginning for us. And okay. now working with clients, we are able to show them the benefit or probably mm. invest something more in the initial part of the project, but having a big saving and a big benefit on the long term during managing mm. the building. And that's interesting. I didn't know that. So that, that, was a, that was a government push, which allowed, as you said, open the doors. Uh, has that also spilled over to private sector or it's still pretty much limited to the public sector? No. Where government... Yeah, also push to the public public sector so the private sector so what was happening and especially asset owner that built something to keep it and maintain for the next 20 years they mm. see the benefit advantages of having a full digitalized process 
Gotcha. Uh, whenever we inquire, we work with clients, we try to bring these elements at the forefront, showing them the possible benefit of mm. maintaining the building in a much better way. Mm. But, That's interesting. So, yes, it's open for public, but everyone is moving in that direction. And to be honest, at Vinci in this moment, we have more than 35 live projects. And for us, we have a full beam delivery for almost all of them. Even awesome. if the client doesn't require, we try to work with them to still provide a digital delivery because we believe there can be a benefit during construction, even if the client is not interested. So the first project, they really don't want to look at it. We show them still the benefit. So we still build a uh, connection to, for the next project to just get more digital delivery to them to improve gotcha. them. Gotcha. The so uh, help me understand. I mean, like uh, obviously, and again, I believe uh, this is most part of your work uh, uh, is largely in the in the construction stage. So who's who's the core user of the of the BIM model? I mean, is it used also in the construction stage, or you're normally looking at it once it's built? Obviously, who's going to be the core users? Are it, is it going to be the OM teams or the asset owners in your case? For all the projects yes, we, we can divide in two different two different parts. So during construction, we are the main user, a general contractor. We try mm -hmm. to we keep everyone using three models. So as a Vinci, we have mandated the use of 3D model within our business. Mm -hmm. So we to build better, less Makes risk sense. for us, avoid right. mistakes. If there are mistakes, we just act earlier. But also it's targeted for the end user that is the mm -hmm. asset owner or the OM provider. Mm -hmm. Because if we build with the end, starting with the end in mind that this building has to be managed, we are able to connect to all the information, the tree model, all the asset management information. So at the end, we try to go with the client with a tablet, showing them if they click on a the door, they see all the maintainable elements of the door, mm. uh, which is the brand, with how much is going to be the cost to replace it, or would they have to call if it get broken and has to be fixed. So, and they just have to have a tablet navigating easily on a tree model, clicking on an element that have all the information on the they, they can mm -hmm. see the benefit, but mm -hmm. that can be achieved if we start since day one in the right path. So providing gotcha. all the right information on the tree model. I'm just curious, who bits, who who foots the bill for the BIM part of the, the entire BIM to be delivered? It's, it's like, like who's who pays for it? Uh, depends of the different case. So if the client is fully interested to have a digital delivery mm. at the end, manage the asset with a digital ONM and a digital mm. handover, mm. The, at the end is the client that pays for that part delivered. But at the UK, uh, all majority of designers, structure engineer, mechanical architect, everyone works in 3D using 3 model. So if the client decides to have this final digital delivery, then the client pay for that additional cost. And our role, especially my role, is try to show the client that that small additional cost that there is in that part of delivery is very small compared to the benefit that they will get in the next 20, 30 years. Gotcha. So it's spending one to save a thousand. So, so, so that's a disproportionate benefit. Makes sense. So, uh, and 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 like you said, this this push came in from the government by 2016, right? And I mean, in 2016, how much have you seen, like if you, uh, for a few of the projects that you probably covered and delivered a complete digital model, have you seen cases where people have the, the asset owners or operations and maintenance team have gone, run with it and did something more and actually using it in the operations and maintenance space? Have you, have you seen that? 
Uh, we had for some good cases. So it depends mm. on the maturity of the client. So whenever we approach the client, we try to understand their maturity. The mm. initial part is some won't just tick the box because they are sort of the delivery, but they don't have a team or they have a very old infrastructure that even if we provide this three model, they don't know how to usually exactly how to use it. Mm. But we try to go in a path where gradually we bring them to a full digital twin delivery. And we seen and we work in some case studies where, especially for healthcare, you could have a digital twin with beacons installed to mobile machine, for example, blood pressure machine. So you can see live the battery charge where they are in this moment, if they are getting used. So instead for a nurses or the health team to try to find those machinery, they were nowhere they've been left. You can simply mm. find them understand the battery, the maintenance team can see if they have to be charged or not. So it's a more uh, organized way to work because you get all the information in one place. Interesting. So we see great case studies, especially on the healthcare, where this can be used to improve, not just of saving the money in terms of maintenance of physical asset, but also, but also the... because we have all those elements connected to each other. Makes sense. So you, you're basically also saying that there is there's this application which is not just on the core engineering or maintenance side as we've always thought it's also in terms of how you provide the service to the to the to yeah. the end customer in this yeah. case obviously the patient care comes in interesting yeah, so the internet of things connected mm. with the twin they can be the limit is just how much we want to manage the building so that is the limit it can be that amazing project connecting all those data in the right way but still this is the have to start the beginning of the project because retrofitting all the information after because is, the, account, the end will be impossible because it's going to be too expensive. It's not worth the project. That actually brings me to an interesting question. I mean, I'll probably deviate from my the, the question, but so you mentioned that it, it's all good to do this uh, once you're starting off, right? At least from day one of the construction. If at all a, a building that's already been built and they have to go back and do this, is the cost completely like too significant a cost right now for for it to it to compare with the value that can be derived? Uh, it's much higher, but also if we start from the day one, this cost is a kind of included in the normal kind of standard delivery. So it's very minimal. Got Not it. just the cost, but the effort required to produce this information. Makes sense. Got it. So yeah. If we start at the end, it's such a big effort and mm. probably it's not worth the cost of what the information will be delivered because probably it's never going to be delivered as good as it will be when you start since day one. So, so that, that's the most important point that even after all the effort, it might not be as good as what it would have been no. had you actually do it. That makes not. sense. That makes sense. Because some part of some good information about the digital twin, the digital name is tagging certain elements, are digital tags, so QR code, where you can just walk around with your tablet or your phone, scan the elements to manage the maintenance. Mm. And if those elements are already being installed, for example, above the ceiling, to be able to retrofit, you have to remove the ceiling find all those elements so you can it's very hard to retrofit this information gotcha gotcha so you'll always be probably falling behind even if you do something yeah. in in that sense so all the four years and and, and doing everything that you have what are you already mentioned one of the key challenges that you had faced or learning has been the cultural change uh, uh but i had one question on 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 that but apart from that like apart from the cultural change what have been the biggest learnings apart from that like biggest probably a couple of other challenges that you faced all along uh, this journey. It's probably the adoption of technology. 
because even if we one of the biggest challenges you can adopt technology but if it doesn't get implemented in the right way mm. it's not going to get used so mm. unfortunately we have seen cases where we have delivered a very good information at the end for andover to be able to manage the building in a more digital way mm. but the client didn't have enough resources didn't have the right team to be able to do it and this information went to die just be saved in a laptop somewhere on a cloud but never got used so mm-hmm. one of the big challenges making sure that what get delivered is going to be fully used to be able mm-hmm. to get the benefit mm-hmm. of that element and as part of our job is try to provide training information understanding that level of resources during the time that we are involved in the construction stage mm-hmm. if we need to provide training if we need to provide additional resource to them to make mm-hmm. sure that what we provide will be fully used that is one of our key tasks because probably one of the biggest challenges, we provide something and it gets forgotten, never gets used. Gotcha. And and that's interesting. So and 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 that's where you see a, a role as well from your team or the community, like yeah. from where you can build capacity, transfer a bit of knowledge in terms of how they can use it going forward. Uh, when you mentioned about the cultural aspect, for example, you mentioned cultural change. Is it? where like there are different uh, people involved in the construction phase you will have people who are working on the on the floor like actually doing the stuff the mid-level senior level leadership where have you faced the cultural change the biggest the bottom of the I spectrum or the... In every single level because you will come from the people that are on site working then you have to convince them that that type of technology will help their day-to-day life hmm. but also uh what has happened in the past in construction is try to spend this money improving the technology that will not get used if it's not implemented correctly. So mm. the investment will be a lost investment. So there is also a level of resistance at top level, a senior management level, try mm. to commit a certain type of investment. It's not going to be wasted, mm. but it's going to save money for the future. So mm. in that kind of cultural change, is more about the financial part. It's not more about right. use the tool. So you have to work in both directions to try to Convince whoever using the technology that's going to save them time and mm. work right. Mm. But also build the right case study with KPI that that type of investment is going to make more productive, as yeah. be, as be more productive, going to save time and then save money in the long term, improve health and safety, improve quality of delivery. So try to show that that investment is going to pay off in the long term. So there's kind of multifaceted uh, sort of benefit that you get from it um, in, in, in that sense. Now, what stage is the overall market, particularly maybe in the UK, uh, in terms of adoption as far as building information modeling is concerned? You already mentioned that the public sector kind of has been mandated, so they are doing it. Uh, uh, where would you rate it in terms of early adoption, or like uh, you know, it's 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 like it's going to become mainstream? Where is this entire adoption of BIM implementation? I think the UK market is quite mature compared to other part or other countries. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that some can be in the early adoption, but a good part can be on the full day-to-day use. Just try to change the way that we work. Mm-hmm. Uh, still a long way to go, I believe. Still considering the construction from the McKinsey report, the latest digitized industry. So it's a long path to be able but then to you- be on the but then you're saying there's a mixed cohort. There is a cohort of some people who are actually using it end to end. There is a cohort of people who are or or copy. That makes yeah, sense. UK market, I believe, is quite mature. We try to use technology all across the world. Try to be 
I believe we are at the forefront of using technology in construction. That's a mission. Right. And again, uh, excuse me if I get this wrong, but uh, as I, I think often a lot of people confuse between or mix BIM and digital twins in a, uh, a, a you know, or interchangeably sort of end up using it. Obviously, uh, you know, building maintenance and operations are kind of best served by best served by digital twin, but construction and design is better served by BIM. Uh, how are you seeing the worlds converging? Uh, what, what's, the, what's happening here? We are not able to deliver a digital twin if we don't start for the full BIM information management process at the beginning. Because be able to have a full digital copy of what we build can only be achieved starting on day one, be able to have a full BIM, pro, BIM model following the correct BIM information management process mm. to be able to deliver a digital twin. Without the initial part, we simply cannot deliver a full efficient okay. digital twin at the end. And then that brings me to the question that, let's say as a general construction company, you've done your job, you've delivered the digital uh, sort of BIM model and, and stuff like that. Then it's the FM company, like either the asset owner is maintaining the asset uh, by an in-house team or it's passed on to an FM company. Who, where lies the, the, the you know, sort of uh, responsibility to take it further or who has that responsibility to take this further? And merge it so, with the operational data so that just as the way you mentioned about healthcare, you can understand uh, where the, the equipment might be, what the state of battery could be. In this case, when we look at built environment, just to expand my question, you, you have building management systems, you have a lot of IoT sensors, data and stuff like that. Like who gets them all together to, to really make it the, the wonder uh, that everyone wants? So there is a, a buffer zone between the Andover and when the building of an operation. So we collaborate with the FM team of mm. that specific project to make sure that what we are building is going to be correctly handed over mm. and give it to the client for the right use. So there is a period of time towards the end where we work together with the FM team. So there is a buffer area where both of us collaborate together, where we try to put as much effort as possible to make sure the information we provide is correct mm. for them to start to add all the information required from the FM team to be able to maintain and operate the building, the mm. asset. Mm. So we, I believe the responsibility stays on 50% on each side, because if we don't provide the right information, what we give to them is something unworkable mm. and they're not able to use it. So, but the same, even if you provide the right information, but they don't be able to use correctly and don't add all the live information, all the mm. sensor and all the other parts, internet things, the information is right, but it's not going to be used anyway. So the responsibility, I believe, stays on both, both sides, 50-50, and having that period of time towards the end where we work together to be able to provide the right information for them to use the building in the right way. Makes sense. And you've seen cases in, in the projects where you've done, or probably if you are aware, where, let's say, data from the building management system has been incorporated. It's actually a not only do you when you when you click on something or when you look at something not only do you have the specs available but you also have at what level is it operating right now so on and so forth have have people gone to so much of depth as of now we uh, are trying to so what we try to do is work and make sure that our part is fully correct try to enable with the rest and we start in a pilot mode where we try to check if the information are flowing correctly and then we just be there as support if there is anything from our side that it doesn't work correctly. So Got we it. 
as of my team, we don't have the expertise to work on the FM part because they are different type of expertise, but we are there as support to make sure that information is fully correct. And we are mm. there for the initial few months to check and work with them if there is anything that really doesn't work. But we see a great type of project delivered on how to make sure that the sensors are connected to lights, saving lights, energy, uh, usability of elements or mobile elements connected to beacons. So it's a very good uh, part of work that is very satisfying to see when it's full and over and correctly used. Top, thanks. I mean, Vinci obviously has an FM arm as well. I'm, I'm hoping that at, at some point in time, you might just get a full-blown implementation all across, which might just be, uh, you know, the 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 overall, because uh, have you, have you, have? I mean, and again, I, I think in one of my conversations, you mentioned that, you know, you you obviously uh, can, cannot mandate that because you're from the construction side. F, FM is a, is a totally different business in, in, in that sense. Uh, one of my questions, other questions was like, uh, you you mentioned that the responsibility lies kind of both sides, pre like you know on the FM as well. But we haven't seen a lot of FM companies make the move, um, invest in 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 picking all of these up. Have you seen any specific change over the last couple of years? Because FM companies have been very uh, have been under a lot of pressure from innovation perspective, from cost pr- uh, pressure perspective, and this is complete. This is something that can help them. Uh, not only do things better, but at a, at at some point in time, in, improve their bottom line. Uh, based on your experience and what you see or interact with your peer group, have you seen any specific changes happen on the other side of, of the equation? Uh, yes, yeah, so what I've seen recently is one of the main top uh, FM software provider, not as FM as a company, but as a software provider, doing a lot of work with clients, mandating which should be the right software and platform to use. So whenever we approach the client and we start to work with them, they tell us, we don't know yet if it's a brand new building, mm. uh, we don't know yet which is going to be the FM company managing the mm. building, but we know that all the information has to be handover on this platform because we have agreed for this platform to be our or digital NM or our digital twin platform, depends up to which level of depth Got they you. want. So... Where we see a lot of investment, a lot of changes, wherever those technology company interact with the client directly, mm. they're able to agree already which is the right platform. So sometimes, I would say most of the times, we don't know which is the company that's going to manage the building, but we know which is the platform that's going to be used to manage mm. the building. Mm. So mm. that is a part that we have seen the last few years, probably the last year, uh, very change in UK with our asset owner. So that's interesting. And we already know how to set up our standard, our delivery to, mm. to serve that particular and platform. That's interesting. And is that trend largely from, from very large asset owners who have the uh, potential capability yeah. to invest in software and technology? Definitely, yes. Because mm. what they want is all their buildings managing one platform so they see the benefit of streamline, have one single gotcha. platform, very powerful. They could have different company managing the different buildings, for example, all across the UK, but they only have one platform that they use so so there could be any, yeah that's interesting that's that's very interesting i mean yeah, that's they, a trend we have seen recently especially in the last year so those technology company interacting directly with the asset owners we know exactly which is the platform to use hmm. since they hmm. so it could be any fm coming and picking up but then your technology layer kind of stays the yeah. constant and not dependent on fm oh my god yeah, is- fm company having their own digital platform in that case it's one package they get approached with the client one package gets sold to the client or the asset owner but in other case they just go direct with the platform and 
choosing choosing the FM company. Right. I mean, I've, I've been a firm believer. I've been like a firm believer that FM company should actually would have invested in 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 building that. But you know, asset yeah. owners directly investing is not a good sign for FM companies. They leave they lose leverage to a very large extent. But then it's on it's on it's on them. But that's a very interesting trend uh, in in that sense. Uh, coming to the close of the podcast, I mean, I would love to know what's your moonshot or wish list for the space. Uh, maybe short term and medium term. Not too long term, but short term and medium term. Probably as a wish list, I will hope that the client will try to get the right type of knowledge. In the past few years, a lot of concentration of knowledge, uh, certification from certifying bodies are really focused on designer and general contractor, leaving mm-hmm. the client a bit themselves not know exactly what they have to do. They have been mandated in certain area. They have required to deliver something but they don't have the right knowledge Mm. and the right equipment to do it so Mm. one probably my wish list would be those clients they have more knowledge and working and been focusing on knowing what they will need to have to Mm. fully manage and fully implement their digital delivery to fully manage the building better saving money saving co2 build uh managing the building better in the next 20, 30 years. It's something that we try to help ourselves, but we have a limit of knowledge because we are concentrated on the construction part, not on the asset management. Makes sense. So So if that will happen, we really make the process better Mm. because we have a better direction since day one working with the client. So we can just get down. So is that a short-term risk list or a medium-term or a long-term? Like, uh, probably that is a, a medium term. It's something that it will not happen overnight, unfortunately. So, so who, who, that's interesting. So who are the key stakeholders? I mean, how, how, I don't know. Uh, I mean, in general, there are a, so there are there's a community. There's a lot of uh, so. Is there in the in the in the in this digital OM world or the building information modeling world or construction? Uh, is there a lot of community initiative where people are okay to share what they've been learning and stuff? I mean, how, how, yeah. Okay. There is a lot of community around UK in terms of being digital information management. Most of them, again, are focused on the design and construction part. Okay, uh, so you're saying it's kind of the client the, side is got it, still got on it. their bubble, a bit isolated. So that's probably on the more medium long term where I believe that if there's going to be more knowledge there, the process is going to be much better. Mm. They will function much efficiently to be able to design from day zero to undover the usability of the building as gotcha. a much more efficient process. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And uh, how should I say? What's your what's what's your Elon Musk kind of moment for building for for digital twin building information modeling? And when I say Elon Musk kind of moment is like, you know, I I remember one one of the days I asked my team to. Uh, sort of re- just break, you know, break all barriers and imagine what all could happen, you know, and the moment that came to mind was not, was like just how the screens are there uh, in the Iron Man movie and you have all those things. I mean, are we going to go into that kind of a world soon? Everything digital, super digital, uh, you know, mix of technology with, with conversational AI and, 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 and all of that. Do you see that coming through sometime soon? I hope so. So we are trying to work of what could be the construction side of the future, where we start from the information modeling, but be able to use sensor, machine learning, uh, 3D printing robots to fully digitize the construction side. So we can build better, faster, and with higher quality. 
with mm. computing the cost. Because if we consider the 30% of the cost in construction is considered for wastage and reworks. If we can start from day one, we have a full digital model for getting paperwork and pen and paper from full digital model using tablets mm. and sensor uh, robotics to be able to really build better artificial intelligence, we can really save that amount of reworks in terms of cost, mm. also in terms of CO2 and wastage, how much we waste in our day-to-day -day activity. So I believe that that kind of idea is what we try to bring. And we had a, an idea of defining the construction site of the future where everything is fully digitalized. We use data from day one to predict what can be the project, better analyzing and mm. work better together. Oh, so it's, it's eventually going to happen. And I, I one of the things that I, I, I heard somebody's like, Kimi, we, we can always, uh, we can never, like sort of, we can never dream about the future, but we can always co-create it. And, and when you, when you, when you imagine what the future is going to be, I'm sure you will probably uh, somehow find a way to get there. So I can't wait to uh, read more or learn more about the, the future of the construction site that you guys are going to come through. But it was uh, great talking to you, uh, Marco. Oh, I mean, you, uh, uh, I think uh, this is an area which, which which I think I also have to uh, personally acknowledge the fact that I haven't kept up with it, uh, kept up pace with with what's happening and something that I must do. But uh, thank you for taking time now this morning to talk to us, uh, Marco. It was it was good to have you, and I'm sure everyone whoever has the interest at the intersection of construction, uh, uh, digitization, and and digital ONM would find this episode to be inspiring and hopefully. Uh, if at all some of the client owners or asset owners are listening to it, it will help them get on to the platform uh, so that they can participate in it. Thanks so much, Marco. Really Thank appreciate it. Thank any, you for having me. It was a pleasure. Any, any, any parting final words for the listeners? Oh, not really. It's just that uh, construction is a great industry to be and it's hard to bring digitalization, but there is a great reward and satisfaction if we are able to bring construction together fully digitalized to work better together and sharing more information between each other. That's powerful. Thanks, Marco. And thank, thank you to all listeners uh, for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you.